This is Thomas. Thanks so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. It is just me again this week because, again, the Oxer family had their fourth child recently, and so we want to give them all the time they need to recover and be ready to go again. I'm glad for the, to provide that for them. Today, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite events that I've ever got to put on at our church. Now, we called that the recharge. Now, that was a youth rally that we put on once a year, invited neighborhood churches, or not neighborhood, but statewide, we invited churches from around our state who are of like faith and doctrine to come and bring their teenagers, and we had a great time with that, and I loved putting that on. So a couple of ideas for you today, and a couple of things that if you wanted to put on a similar kind of youth youth rally, think that these ideas would be a help to you Listen in today. So we're talking about youth rallies and putting them on. And I'm going to probably refer to this over and over again as the recharge or recharge. And again, that's because that's the what we called it. And even that kind of gives us a starting spot. We decided to name our annual youth rally recharge for a specific reason. Now, first of all, I felt like youth rally brought more to mind Things, first of all, I thought it was a little dated in just the way that we use that term. It, youth rally didn't sound like something that I would want to attend very much. Also, the idea of a rally made me think more of a presidential rally, right? Where you get people together and you gather them up and you pump them up and we all are really excited. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now go out and do something about it. And that excitement doesn't really last very long. And, and in fact, you have to continue to have these kind of like rallies in order to gather more support and get it going again and again and again. Whereas I really love the idea of recharge. And even the image that that brings to my mind is the idea of a cell phone and you'd plug it in. Right, That's what I do every night with my phone is I grab my cord and I plug it in and I do that so that I can recharge the battery so that I can use the device tomorrow. And really, that's what we wanted this event to accomplish. Right? And so we're starting all the way back at like that 30,000 foot view that when we talk about an event, have a plan, have a reason for having this. It's not just to gather teenage to get teenagers together and pump them up and encourage them and get them excited and eat crazy and gross things and feed them as full of pizzas you can get them and then send them back home. Right? That's not what we're really trying to accomplish. What we were trying to accomplish was to provide a an environment in which the work of the Spirit, the work of preaching, could charge them up so that they could go back to their church and use that energy, use that charge, use what they've learned for the work of the gospel where they're at. And that's really what we wanted. Now, of course, we wanted to see people saved. We, of course, we wanted to see lives dedicated to go to the mission field, those kind of things. But that's what we're talking about, right? It's we're getting to this spot so that we can encourage and grow so that they can go forward and use that in their life. So a couple of things that we started with. The first thing that we would do is even thinking, okay, so this is what we're trying to accomplish. My next step would be to then decide on a theme, all right. So, of course, we're going to talk about dates and timing and all that kind of stuff in just a minute. But my first step is I'm planning this event is I'm planning a theme. 
And so I didn't worry too much about whether or not my theme had a direct verse. Like, I certainly didn't quote a verse in my themes typically. All of the themes that I used were one to three words and tried to convey a biblical principle in a very generic way. All right, so let me just give you a couple of those. The first one that I did is I used the phrase all in. All right. And that was the, that was the term that we use. That was the theme for that year, all in. And we learned a lot about that and had some learning and growing to do. The next year we got a little bit better and we used the theme be holy. And with be holy, we used, um, decided to take that and, uh, talk about, uh, we were in first Peter had a wonderful speaker come in talking about holiness and how we're supposed to live our life being holy. Our next year we did off the fence and then we did stand strong. And then actually after I left the youth department, I was no longer involved in that. Our, the youth pastor did a recharge with the title authentic, authentic, sorry with the title authentic. I thought that was so cool. And the decorations on that were so awesome. They had lots of antiques on the, on the stage. It was a really, really cool decorations wise. But so as you can kind of see, like all of those are biblical principles, right? We want authentic Christians. We want people to be not to be like in the middle. We want people hot and want them on fire for Jesus. Not like, so we don't want them on the fence, right? We want them to be holy all in, right? Those are kind of, those are the themes that we chose. The next thing that I did is I tried to find a preacher that was going to speak to those themes. Now, this is this is the way that we did this, is I would call up the, a preacher and I would say, look, here's what I'm looking for. I need you to come. You're going to preach twice in the same day, only a couple of hours apart. It's going to be a busy, jam-packed couple of hours, but I need you to preach twice. And both of them I need on this subject or on this theme. I don't care where you pull, pull that out of. Here's a verse that we've kind of used. Here's some ideas that we have. I don't care what you do, but please, please put it on the theme, on the topic of all in or on the topic of be holy or, or on this idea of off the fence. I don't care if you want to use the book of Joshua, right? And choose you this day whom you will serve. Or if you want to do something else, that's totally fine, right? The Elijah on the Mount Carmel, or whatever you choose is fine, but on this idea or on this theme. And so we asked the preacher to do that. I wanted to make sure that my preachers were somebody that could relate to teenagers Somebody who was going to speak well. We only had them for this short period of time. The whole day was pretty energetic. And so wanted a preacher to match that kind of ability. And so I'm not saying at all that we had to, we didn't only use young guys or didn't only use old guys. We kind of ran the gambit, but wanted somebody that would connect well with the teenagers in just the few minutes that we had them there, right? We only had them for a few hours. And so wanted them to connect and be able to communicate the word of God clearly for that time. So the way that we did that is our day started. We did, we always chose a Saturday. We chose a Saturday and we did it like the first Saturday of March is typically how we would do that. Um, COVID messed some things up. And so we've, um, haven't actually done one in several years, but that was kind of the, that was kind of the, 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 the typical time that we would do a recharge the first Saturday of March. Uh, again, some of that just brought in the idea of spring and we're getting ready to go again and we're getting ready to end the, the school year, right? We're not at the end yet, but we're getting close and those kind of things. Typically it was right before spring break. Um, and those kind of things all help play in wanted to do 
January actually is when we really wanted to do that. Again, just new year, getting fresh start, those kind of things played into that idea of a recharge. But decided because of travel and snow on mountain passes, those kind of things, that wasn't the best choice for us and wanted people to come more than we wanted to fit perfectly a the time or the date with our overall, the name of the event recharge. And so didn't choose to do that. But what we would, so we chose a Saturday, typically the first Saturday of March, and we would start at 11 o'clock in the morning, right? That gave time for people to get there. They didn't have to come. Uh, they, they, most everybody that would come is a two to three hour drive maybe, but that was, it was going to be in the morning, but it wasn't going to be like four in the morning for them to make it. And so they get getting here at 11 o'clock in the morning. That's when our first service started. We got straight into it. And that service had lots of games and skits and activity and fun stuff. And then that service ended at 1230. All right. So that was, we tried to make it a hard deadline. I would communicate that to the preacher. That first service needs to be done. We need to be finished at 1230 because at 1235, we have lunch. And so the teenagers are going to go and they're going to have a teenager lunch. And we'll talk about food in just a minute, but they're going to go and have lunch. And then the adults are actually going to go into one of our classrooms. They're going to sit down and they're going to have adult lunches. And so that's your youth pastors, your pastors. And we really wanted this is something that evolved over time. We really want to encourage and give a space for youth pastors and pastors to get together and to fellowship and to recharge themselves. And so while we hoped that the preaching was going to do that, that was really aimed to teenagers. And while we want, we understand and know that the word of God is going to do the work of the word of God, no matter who it's aimed at, it can continue to do its work no matter who is there. But we really wanted to give space for pastors and youth pastors and Christian leaders to spend time together. And so we were going to give them adult lunch and we had teenager lunch, right? And so I think we've done like, we, we did things like hot dogs for the teenagers or spaghetti or something like that and chicken Alfredo or steak or chicken for the adults, right? And try to really make that special and give them a place while the teenagers are eating to fellowship and spend time. There were adults out there, so they didn't have to worry about what their kids were doing, that kind of stuff. Then, so that's at 1235, lunch is at 1235. At one o'clock, the teenagers are going back to the sanctuary or depending on the year, sometimes they went to our gym and we had somebody in charge of game time. And the goal and purpose was just to get teenagers to play together, to laugh and to have fun. And so, you know, just like I do, it's not like we were going all that. We weren't renting a place downtown and going yeah, paintballing or something like that. We're doing this at our place. And so we're doing upfront games. They were fast. They were energetic, right? We're getting people running up and down some aisles and just being fun. And the goal was we had somebody playing music in there to make that more fun and just you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's just an atmosphere of excitement and we're building up energy and trying to break down barriers and walls. And we did some of that in the first service, but this afternoon time is really all about that. It's about creating time for teenagers to fellowship. And the whole time the adults get to stay and fellowship with adults. And so that was something that was really important to us as we evolved that along the way that that gave opportunity for adults to recharge as well. Then at two o'clock, everybody's done with all of that. We shut all of that stuff down and we have back to the service and we are going to have a much more serious tone for that second service. There's going to be, we're going to do a Bible quiz in that one. And so we made sure and announced that ahead of time. Of course, uh, when I sent out letters, we'd have a Bible quiz and 
um, encourage people to do that. And we actually used a website for that. We used Kahoot was the name of the website, kahoot.it. And you can create your own quizzes and people use their own devices. And that was really fun. And so then I didn't have to, didn't have to judge who was in first or second or anything like that. The, the system did all of that. That was, and so that made it really nice. But that second service, we were going to do that, but we were really working really hard to get things toned down to a really serious service, and that let the preacher have the opportunity to really nail home whatever it was that that preaching service was about. So we really wanted that second service to set the serious tone. We've been, we've had a lot of fun. We've had some games. We've had serious times up up to this point, but really we've broken down all the walls. So that at this point we've kind of run out some of the energy and now we're at a spot where we can really tune in and listen. That was the goal for that second service. Now here's the thing is in a perfect world, that all happens perfectly without any issues, without any problems. But you and I both know that's not the way it works ever, right? No, in fact, the only way a day like this works is with lots of people helping. And so certainly as the youth pastor, I am not going to be able to oversee each part, right? If I'm in the sanctuary, I certainly can't be in the kitchen. And if I'm in the, in that room with the adults and, you know, kind of having fellowship and leading some of that, then I certainly can't be in the sanctuary leading games. And so what we did, and I got this idea from a book by Ryan Wrench called One Youth Pastor's Toolbox. And so I'm going to link that in the show notes. You should absolutely buy that book. And basically this whole thing is torn from his, uh, his preaching conference or preaching rally that he does. And so they're in Temecula, California. And so you should read that book and it will do a better job than I am doing today. But what we have did then is we took each of the important pieces, anything that could have any kind of ownership, and we made somebody in charge of it. So, so we called them chiefs or we changed over the years, but the last thing we used was chiefs. And so there was a chief over food right? The food and kitchen. And that was very often in our situation, Miss Jasmine. And so the way that this worked is I would go to Miss Jasmine and say, Miss Jasmine, right? Here's the theme of our conference. That doesn't really apply to food very much, but here's what I need. I am anticipating a hundred teenagers and I'm anticipating 35 adults that are coming with those teenagers. I need to feed a hundred teenagers quickly and efficiently and with food that they will enjoy, right? We're not going to, we're not going to probably hit everyone's favorite, but I want something that they're going to have fun with. And I need to feed 35 adults in a much more classy way, right? And say, Miss Jasmine, I want you to think about that. Would you get back to me about what you want? And then I'll provide whatever you need for that. We'll get that taken care of. And then she was in charge from the beginning all the way to the end. And she'd check in with me if she needed it. But Miss Jasmine did that. And one year we did walking tacos, right? And we did chip bags and you could make all the taco stuff inside the chip bags. And that was really fun. We did hot dogs. We did spaghetti one year, lots of different things. I'm, I'm drawing a blank past that. Um, but we, we, the goal was something that Lots of teenagers could get, eat quickly and efficiently, and that it wasn't going to be super expensive. We we didn't charge anything for this event, and so all of this was coming out of a church budget. We would have a chief for games. 
And so that included in-service games, right? In that first service, especially, hey, get three people up here. I need you, you, and you quickly come up here, put this sock on your head, and eat this banana through the sock. And that's a terrible game. Don't do that. People choke and die. Uh, but we did do things like, hey, blow this balloon up and sit on it and pop it. And the first one that can pop four balloons as fast as you can, right? You're going to get this prize. And games included prizes, right? And so, hey, grab a, grab a CD from, of good Christian music down there. Or or grab a t-shirt that has our logo on it this year, or grab one of those gift cards for food on your way home, something like that. And so games in the service, and we would have typically two or three or four in that first service, and then maybe just one to start the service of that second service. Um, and then the game time in the afternoon, and that took a lot. And so we, the game person only had games, and that was all we asked them to do, because that was a ton of work. Um, of course, decorations were a huge part. And so my, my wife was in charge of decorations and she hated my themes, right? Because how are you supposed to decorate for be holy? Well, we actually had a friend who reminded us, Hey, donuts have holes. And so we set up a whole donut shop and made something like 350 donuts that year and cooked them and baked them and, and had people take them home. And that was really funny and be holy. And we had a lot of fun with that, but decorations, right? And so definitely that, that helped. I used to be on the team of decorations weren't that important and didn't matter very much. And my opinion has changed significantly because I think that decorations help two things. I think it, first of all, helps drive the point or the theme home. Oh, look, everywhere I'm looking, right? From the moment I walk in to the moment that I, the time that I'm sitting down, when my mind wanders during this preaching time or this scene, cause that happens, right? My eyes are focused on the decorations and that's pu- pulling me back to the theme, which is pulling me back to the service and why we're here, right? We're sitting at the table. And we did um, Stand Strong. And let me just tell you that Stand Strong, it was so cool. We had Brother Andrew Dupit. He built us a boxing ring in the middle of the sanctuary. It was so cool. And then on the uh, on the uh, tables where people were eating food, right, we had little boxing rings made and had like cake pops in them. And so the part of the dessert was already on the table and those cake pops would either be like the, the edges of those boxing rings or man, lots of creative ways that they did that. And the idea was, is everywhere you look, we're drawing our mind back to this truth that we need to stand up and be strong where we are. And so we kind of are use the idea of um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace and how they had the opportunity to stand up and be strong in the face of op- opposition and that they needed to do that. And so that was a, it was a lot of fun. When So decorations are a huge deal. And I, I didn't used to think they were, but I, I've changed my mind about that. And I think that they really add to the theme. And so I'm not very good at that. So having somebody that is and can see the future, right, see the platform and visualize it and work it out. My wife will often be like, hey, I want to do this and I want to do this and I want to do this. Can you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, no, but if you tell me what to do, I'll do it because I know that it's going to look good and I know that it's going to to fulfill the purpose because we've had these conversations and this has happened again and again. We also had a, had a chief for skits and for photos. Uh, that was another thing that we did is we had somebody on purpose who would go around and would take photographs 
right? And so we wanted teenagers to come and be a part. We wanted them to take their own pictures, that kind of stuff. But we had somebody whose whole job was to walk around all day long and just take pictures for us. Uh, how many times have we got done with an event? Man, I wish we had more pictures of that. And so that's what we did is we had somebody, a chief who was, her whole job was to take pictures. We would often, as part of our decorations, have a spot in our foyer that was a photo booth. And as people were leaving, we'd take pictures of groups and have them do that. And that was really nice. And we'd send those pictures to them if they asked, that kind of stuff. Um, we also needed a chief for music. And so typically our music director, Samuel Sittler, would do that. And he did a great job uh, picking songs. Often I'd pick those out for him and let him know, hey, I need you to lead these these songs specifically for, again, everything's going to the theme. And so I need you to do that. Sometimes I'd let him do that. Sometimes I'd let him pick the specials. Sometimes I'd have ideas about that already. And we just worked together on that. But he was in charge of music. We needed somebody in charge of security while we were there. If that meant parking buses or those kind of things or just welcoming people in. I'm making sure that nobody showed up for any nefarious deeds, right? While we were, and so while people, we were doing games, we had people who were on our security team typically who would be in the hallways and direct people to bathrooms, that kind of stuff. We of course have somebody taking care of nursery because youth pastors and their wives often have children or pastors and wives needed childcare during this time. So one of them with their teenagers. So we would take care of the nursery during the service times, communicate that, but you have to have somebody in charge of that. And then sound video work in the back, I have to have somebody for that, right? So putting somebody in charge there and say, hey, I need you for all of this stuff. That includes game time and that includes this time and that includes this time. I need you in charge of all of it and making sure it happens well. And then something else that we did is we put somebody in charge of hospitality and that worked a couple of different ways. We wanted, we, we ended our services by four o'clock that day. That gave plenty of time to get home and ready to go for church the next day. But that we didn't include dinner in our work there. And so we did lunch and they were on their own for dinner on their way home. And so we made sure, though, that there was some kind of snack that they could have on the way out. And the person in charge of hospitality worked with the person in charge of the kitchen to make sure that that happened. Sometimes it was cookies, right? Sometimes it was donuts. If the theme was be holy, we boxed up donuts and sent it with people. Um, made sure that there was some kind of water or soda or something that they could take and drink on the way home. Some stuff like that. Also, again, something that evolved over time is that we started to... When people got there, we would have them register. And when they registered, we'd have a booklet to give to every person and often a pen or something like that. And then there would be a gift for the youth pastor and his wife or the pastor and their, his wife. Right? And so that was all done through our hospitality chief. And so that was really fun. Lots of things that needed to be accomplished in that. And the goal was, right, that, that was our list, but the goal was that there were tons of things that needed to be accomplished, and those people were the ones that did that. I've picked people to do that that I felt like I could trust. And we've talked about delegation and the levels of delegation on this podcast before, but very often I we, we were given given these responsibilities. We wanted to be clear about what we were asking them to do. That meant meetings ahead of time. That meant communication of the theme really well. It also meant asking for donations and volunteers from our church body and doing that not two weeks before, but like six months or three months before. So there was lots of time to prep and plan. Man, it was these kind of events are a ton of work, but I think they are so, so, so helpful, especially 
if we take the time to plan them out well and do them right. I think that these kind of events have the potential, right? What, what's the potential? What's, what could happen, right? Well, I was at an event like this where my wife was saved. It was at events like this that I was strengthened and encouraged to go to Bible college and to make clear decisions about what my life was going to look like, whether I was going to follow Jesus or not. I know people that are in our church today that were saved at an event like this. And I think that's the potential, right? That we can see lives changed and we can see the kingdom of God furthered. And I know that that can happen on a Sunday morning at your church, and it often does. I'm sure of that. But there's something special about the extra work and the extra planning that goes in to a special day and having a special speaker come in. And everything is focused and everything is intent to bring about change and the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. Obviously, we can't force the Holy Spirit to do a work and we wouldn't even want to try to manipulate that. That's not what we're talking about at all. But we're talking about good planning and good preparation often leads to good results. That's just the way of life. And so I think that in a, in a recharge and a youth rally, the potential is out of this world to see big life changes happen. I think it's worth the effort to do it well. So here's my encouragement. I don't know what role of ministry that you are playing, but there's probably a group of churches around you that, that you could pull together and could operate or hold one of these kind of events. And I think that this would be a help to you. I think first, the first thing that you should do, right, as you're thinking and praying about what you want to accomplish, get a hold of Ryan Wrench's book. I think that's going to be a help to you. And then go ahead and follow through the steps, plan the day, right? Get the order of service planned out, find the theme that you want, and make sure every piece plays to this ultimate goal. We want teenagers to be able to stand up against the evil of this world and be able to stand firm and stand strong for the cause of Christ, right? We want teenagers to decide that they're going to be, that they're going to follow Jesus no matter what, and that they're not going to be on the fence going back and forth. We want teenagers to be all in and whatever the, whatever the case is, right? Whatever the theme is, just make sure that you're pointing every part of the day towards that. And then make sure that you find all the ways that you need help and make sure that you ask people who can handle it and then trust them to do it well, right? Do whatever you need to have all the meetings that you need, those kind of things. Absolutely. But make sure that you trust people to do that well. My friend, I think the guy can do a work in these kind of events. It's possible that you already do these kind of events, youth rallies. I'd love to hear more about the specifics about what you do to make your youth rallies super successful. Know that there are many that do a great job on that. So would you reach out to us? Not the pastor podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com backslash not the pastor. We'd love it if you would rate and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening to us. And then until next week, We are not the pastor.